What's up, everybody? It's IBS Jesus coming at you guys live with the IBN NBA podcast. We don't have an intro. We don't have intro music. We just get straight to business. It's me, IBS Jesus, my co-host, Corey Carlton. Uh, I mean, I feel like we got beef, bro. I feel like we got beef from baseball all the way to basketball. It's just never ending beef right now. We need football season to hurry up and start so we can get back on the same team. But I, I don't know how I feel right now. Y'all feel like we at odds. Um, I know you were smart enough to do this podcast today instead of tomorrow night after the Rockets get all up in that Trailblazers. <laughs> Bro, you, know that? you heard my boy Dave. Y'all don't want to see us. You don't want to see. It starts tomorrow. That that was a warning. It wasn't. It wasn't just some some empty threat. That was a warning. You don't want to see us because what's going to happen is. One, we got people that can dribble the ball. So all that shit y'all did against the Bucks is, is a non-factor, non-factor on us, all right? Two, we got people that's not punks like my boy Luca out there at uh in Dallas. Nah, Dame Dame does this this last minute, last two minutes type buckets. You know, he's he's there for that. He lives for that shit. So I'm not really too worried about it. So if the game's tight, I already know who who I'm going with, man. I'm I'm confident. Let it be a close game and see what happens. Y'all's luck is running out. The, the way that I just saw the Grizzlies play the last two games, I'm starting to believe Portland's some hot garbage. No, 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 no. I was y'all down 20 to that squad. You're not going to look. We took the Grizzlies' best punch. Then we took it and beat them back. And now we took all the energy out. People are not getting the Grizzlies that we play. Yo. You don't get credit for beating somebody Three, two, three games after we beat them. I mean, they just played a, they just played a back to back. Zion finally got starter minutes. They already tired, man. Nah, y'all not gonna discredit us. We played them when they was fresh. They lost to the sorry Spurs, like, and then y'all was getting blown out by the sorry ass Celtics. Like, I don't with no Kemba. Like, what we like, what we excited about? Y'all could get smoked tomorrow. We're not gonna get smoked, bro. Let's not let's not act like y'all won't losing both games. I mean, you won't get blown out, but y'all was losing both games. Actually, the, the Mavericks was smack. The Mavericks was smacking y'all, bro. The Mavericks was smacking. Y'all. I honestly have no idea what happened. Like, I'm still trying to process what I watched and and how it took place. Everyone's they, always smacking the Rockets. That's how it works. <laughs> bro, it angers me. I just want to finish the fucking game. It's not bro. hard. Box out. It's the simplest thing you do. It's the simplest thing you do. There's only one way that they can beat you in this situation or tie the game. They got to get a, a, a tip. And then my man Harden, for some reason, was able to, like, guide the ball off the rim. And then Covington did the swim move. And then just I just uh, it was just all in slow motion, man. The whole time I'm just sitting there like, yo, Rick, come on, bro. I, I cape for you, too, as a coach, man. Come on, man. What the hell, bro? What the hell? Why is Bobin not on the court to get a goddamn rebound in that situation? He's that's seven, a, eight. That's a good question. <laughs> like, what are you doing? That's, that's the only way they can beat you. That's a valid question. God, everybody, the tallest person on the goddamn court for the for the Rockets is six, seven, and he ain't got no vertical. So <laughs> why is Bobin not on the court? That's I valid. Yeah, man. I don't understand. So I had to get it out of the way. I'm a little, I'm a little upset. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little upset. But I'm excited because the NBA is back. And I mean, 
we got a whole lot more people posting in the group. These random LeBron fans coming out here. It's not about y'all anymore. We don't really care about the Lakers. We don't really care about his quest for, I don't know, how many is this now? Is he going for what, four? He's got three rings? Yeah, he got three. Yeah, that. yeah. So, look, he ain't never catching Jordan. He, he'd probably be what? lucky if he catch. He'd probably be lucky if he catch. Uh, he's not catching Jordan. He'd be lucky if he catch uh, Kobe and Ring. He's not He's not getting to the finals that many times. Anthony Davis can only hold up for two seasons max. I don't care what nobody says. Then they're going to get his son. They're going to be all good. That's what he's waiting on, too. Bronny not even started on his on his high school team right now, yo. So what, what are we talking about? Nothing. He will never be a great pro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the kid. Don't get me wrong. I love the kid. But them, them father-son expectations rarely pan out. Rarely yeah. pan out. He'll get in the league, but nah, he's not that. We waited for the season to start, so so we're here. Let's go over the people you consider winners right now as far as their debuts. Like who who is one of the more impressive teams or or playing how you expected them to play coming into this bubble season? There are two major winners. The first, obviously, being the Houston Rockets. We tried to tell you the bubble was the perfect environment. Nope. You just can't withstand that pressure on such a consistent basis. Like it's just too much. Pressure on too consistent a time, and you got closers out there. You saw Westbrook close the game out last night. Did you see it? Yes or no? No, nah, actually, I, I didn't see it last night. You didn't catch it. Well, Westbrook closed no. the game out, and Harden closed the other one out. When you got closers, life just looks different, you know. And the Bucks don't have no closers. I tried to tell you about Friday Giannis in the playoffs, and it's playoffs. So that's number one. And the second winner, I'm still not convinced. But you got to give them props where props is due. Them Toronto Raptors, they just they just play so hard, man. And they're they're actually a lot better than I thought they were. Fred Van Vleek's an actual like high quality starter. Like he's better than Lowry. Like yeah. everyone thought it was a fluke with Steph last year, but if you watched him play this year. It's not really a fluke. He's, like, really good, and he was really good at Wichita State, and, and he's just really good. <laughs> like, there's not much else to say besides he's really good, and it's not, like, just this flukish thing. So um, I like the Raptors a lot um, and what they're doing. It would shock me if they didn't beat the Celtics in a seven-game series. Um, and then, of course, the Rockets um, go shock the world. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with, with both of those teams. Um, I mean, fucking Rockets. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand how, but they, they, they're finishing games. They are finishing games. People people letting them back in the games. The Bucks, the Bucks, man, if I can just rant for a second, how the hell how the hell do the Bucks lose that game? It's like two minutes left and they were up ten. And they just kept turning the ball over. Like and it wasn't like, oh, you know, they run the run the shot clock down and then turn the ball over because they're, they're just trying to get an open look. Like, no, these dudes are literally little league turnovers, man. My man Middleton dribbling the ball up by his chin. Giannis is dribbling the ball up by his chin. I mean, you got to understand, bro, like 
the the Rockets are a short team, and I, and I see what they're doing on defense, and it is working. And and I will give D'Antoni and that squad props. The energy on the Houston defensive side of the ball has drastically changed these last two games that I've seen in the bubble compared to what I saw during the regular season. Now, whether that's because they're just happy to be there or what, but it, it doesn't really matter right now. It is working. It is effective. The hands are absolutely active. It's beautiful. It's like um. It reminds me a lot of what I used to see from uh, San Diego State in college basketball. And, you know, people talk a lot about Kawhi Leonard's defense. I mean, you can go back and look at the tape, but this is like San Diego State, like their their pipeline. They literally teach defense with active hands. Everybody has to have active hands. You don't necessarily have to contest shots, but you got to get in lanes. And anytime somebody dribbling by you, you got to at least make them uncomfortable when they're dribbling. And and the spacing on defense has drastically changed for the Rockets. And I, I noticed that the most when the Bucks were playing because the Bucks don't move around on offense a lot. So a lot of times when they were trying to drive, if somebody came down to help, there was no room. And that's what caused a lot of turnovers. And they were like clunky turnovers, guys dribbling off their knees and things like that. But there was one time where my man Middleton took the ball and was dribbling down the court and Harden just swiped him like like a a 2k game bro like he literally just stuck his hand i was like no what are you doing you don't dribble stop and and i mean the energy is infectious on both sides of the ball um i mean you know we talk about Harden, we talk about westbrook but you got to give covington some props especially in that mavericks game like he wasn't necessarily shooting that well but the energy that he gave them the hustle that he gave them on defense a lot of times he's the one that's helping pj tucker um, protect the rim as best as he can and things like that. Um, I mean, sh- we even saw uh, McLemore si- sightings in the last game. I mean, he has some energy. So got to give the Rockets credit. Got to give the uh, Raptors credit as well. Um, Van Fleet, obviously, you know a lot about them boys from Wichita State. So Van Fleet looking good. Um, I'm really happy that, that he's found his, his niche in the, in the league. Uh, I think he deserves more credit than what he's getting. I also think he is better than Kyle Lowry. I don't have any respect for Kyle Lowry, but Kyle Lowry is on record, at least in the bubble, closing out one game. So I got to give him some love, but we know how he plays when the playoffs come. So um, those two are probably the clearest winners for sure. Um, And then we get to the losers. Who are your clear losers right now? Um. Clear losers were, I'd probably say the Mavericks. Like, what are we doing? They had a chance to move up in seeding, I think. You don't want to get that seven seed. Um, There's some teams not playing well, like Utah. Um, I think they could have moved up to six, but you can't be losing to the Suns. So, like, that's a really peculiar, just kind of like, yo, what we doing type deal. Um, And then I would say outside of them, Probably Utah. They've been really, really porous as well. Um, so Utah and the Mavs would be my two, my two losers. Yeah. Speaking of the Jazz, I mean, they had a good, good topic of discussion on um, the NBA countdown. Is Donovan Mitchell is he going to transcend to a superstar, or are we seeing him at the best that he can be as a All Star or first team All Star type player? Why would anyone think he would, he could get too much better than this? Well, I I guess the the idea is is there's hope that he could, and if not, like where does he go when his contract is? I don't see him staying in Utah, 
But like, where does he go? Does he become a compliment player to somebody that's like a, a LeBron, an AD, a, um, Durant? Does he become like a secondary player like PG? Like, I, I'm I'm on I'm on record saying PG's no longer a superstar. I think he's a complimentary player now. I don't I don't know if others agree, but that's just how I feel given his playoff performance. Yeah. So Mitchell's so these 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 players that kind of stumble into being the number one option on a defensive team are interesting, right? Because they become volumized. So you say, okay, this person's the leading scorer on a good team. They must be really, really good. But when you always boil it down, the inefficiencies that people point out for people way better than Donovan Mitchell um, as volume scorers were there as Donovan Mitchell, and he's not big. He doesn't finish great. So it's hard for me to see where the ceiling is. Like people could say like a Dwayne Wade, but how good would even a Dwayne Wade be in this era? I mean, he never mind. I take that back. But he would score a layup every time. But it's just like a certain level of like inefficiencies that he has in this era that I just don't see him being like an elite level scorer. And he's certainly not an elite level playmaker. So what else is there? Yeah, I don't really see a lot of confidence in this game either that you see from other superstars. Like, like there's a reluctancy to to demand the ball and and to carry the load on the team. When things are going well, it seems like he's fine. But like the idea of him having to stomach most of the load just seems to weigh, weigh on him a lot more than you see with other people who you would think would be superstars. Like. Maybe he needs more. Um, maybe he needs more help out there. Which, I mean, you can make that argument. But at the end of the day, I agree with you. There are some limitations to his game that make you wonder if he can really transcend to that he next level. Need more help, bro. He is the help. <laughs> That's just to the pump. He don't need more help. He is the help. Do you? Where would you? Where would you see him going? Where he could be effective or more effective as a winner um let me let me think real quick he needs somewhere where he's kind of like a secondary ball handler secondary score someone else that could space the floor like that's kind of his thing um i mean i could see him I mean, I think everyone would flourish in Golden State, so that's a cheap answer, but he would be good at, uh, in Toronto. Toronto's the perfect place for Donovan Mitchell. Like a pace and space, that sort of environment where there's heavy ball movement, there's not a lot of ISO, you're running within a system, people have to close out on you, everyone can pass, cut, dribble. Like, that's an ideal situation for him. Um, he'd be really nice in Denver alongside Jokic. Like a, somebody where he's the secondary playmaker, um, I think that would be great for him. Like Jokic and Michael Porter Jr., like that's a really good spot for him. Obviously, Houston would be a really good spot for him. These are the type of places that I think he would fit in well. Utah, that traditionally likes to play only in the half-court set, where he's clearly a player that needs space, is just not a good fit. And Gobert just being there clogging up the damn lane is also really not hindering to his game. Yeah, Gobert is definitely in the way a lot of times. And I, I think part of the struggle with Utah, too, is is and it's been like this since 
Mitchell emerged as, as um, I guess, better than what they expected him to be, is how do you create the spacing needed for his game with Gobert on the court? And they they don't seem to really want to get away from Gobert as far as the rotation goes. And Gobert's vocal anyway. Yeah, he's He was vocal when he didn't have any offensive uh, touches, and, and now he gets a few, and he's probably definitely not going to be willing to give him up. But, I mean, Gobert's also worked on his game in the sense that he is a more consistent free throw shooter. He does try to move around a lot more than he used to, but it, it's just not really working between the two of them. I think sometimes people like not saying Don, uh, Ben Simmons is, is, or Mitchell and Simmons are, you know, anywhere comparable, but the situation and what people think the chemistry is with Simmons and Embiid is actually what the chemistry is with Mitchell and Gobert, I think. And um, at some point it's going to come to to the forefront like they got to get rid of one um i would think because of the whole covid situation because mitchell got it from him when he was joking around i don't think that's really went anywhere and that might be a storyline too as to why they're not really playing that great is that maybe guys really don't want to play with each other and it's just translating yeah. into some really like I shitty mean, play i always thought they were trash and they missed bogdan too like that's that's their score like that's the guy <laughs> that was getting them buckets space the floor they really miss bogdan a lot yeah, I forgot all about him not being in, but I thought he played today, or he was no, coming back. He's done okay. for the season. Okay. Well, um, the other disappointing team we talked about briefly was the Mavericks. I think they're soft. Um, I got a lot of slander for Dallas Mavericks, and I know their fans are very touchy in our group right now. But, um, yeah, they, they're just soft. I can't wait to see them in the playoffs. I want to see them in the playoffs because I want to see what Luka do in the playoffs. Because our group somehow, someway figured that he was better than James Harden and Anthony Davis. He ain't really did anything to prove that yet. But people people have built this dude up to be something that he he's really not. And I think somebody summed it up perfectly that he's everything James Harden is, only not as good as James Harden at doing those things. So we're going to see. Do you anticipate a, a, a mighty fall for Luka? Or do you think people will still make excuses and, and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, he's the great white hope. He's in a whatever situation. If he gets swept by the Clippers and shoots 39%, it's, oh, he wasn't even expected to be here. He's a rookie against Paul George. and He's a second-year player against Paul George and Kawhi. What's he supposed to do? If he takes one game and averages 30-9 and nine and they win one game and they still get dominated, then, oh, he's a top-five player. He just needed some help. Like, you know the situation. We've seen it all the time. This is Luca Falls in the, the Tatum category. They only, only when they do well, is it talked about? And if they don't do well, it's not talked about, except for Luca is to the 10th power. So, I mean, no, nah, of course no one's going to say anything negative about Luca, no matter how poorly he plays. <laughs> I mean, they definitely don't. Uh... And he's not playing poorly right yeah. now, for the record. But, I mean, he has a turnstile on defense, so. There's that. Yeah, I was gonna say they definitely overlook some things, and and he, I think some of it too is because he's just he's white man. <laughs> I mean, like it, the fact that he gets like triple doubles and stats and things like that. I guess they're just not used to seeing white white people dominate the ball in the league anymore, which we don't. So I I, I can understand, and, and I know some people are probably like that's not it, but. What other reason is it? Because a vast majority of people really think this man is better than James Harden, and he's just not. He's just not. I don't understand. I really yeah, don't understand. It's definitely because he's white. And James Harden is really unlikable, too. 
So that, there was like a combination of that. <laughs> He's also really young. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like I think you had said it, like Harden, or maybe Marie said it, but like Harden took like uh, Anderson, Ryan Anderson and, and that crew, he took them to the to the playoffs as, a, as like a three seed by himself. Conference finals. Yeah, like that's 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 pretty ridiculous. He didn't do that when he got to the playoffs, but he got him there. And I mean, and Lucas sitting at what what are they seven seed? Are they still the seven seed? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. they're five hundred. They're not. Yeah. Like, so who? But we'll, hopefully, we'll see some some kind of realization come through at some point with people. And and I'm definitely willing to go back and discuss this later. Uh, either you and me or just in the group in general. I mean, the guy shows out in the playoffs. I give him some some respect, but I mean, there's been a lot of hype behind him, and it, and it's to me, it's been a lot of like empty stats. Like I, I again, I pointed out earlier in the season that when he played teams like the Clippers and stuff like that, where there were guys in the backcourt who were dogs and would lean on him a little, he kind of faded somewhat, and his percentages and efficiency definitely went down. So um, we'll see. I, I do find it very interesting that people think that they can play at the Rockets' pace and still beat the Rockets. The Bucks made that mistake. The Mavericks made that mistake. I don't think my Trailblazers are going to make that mistake. We're going to win, and I will definitely be adding you when we do. I would just like to, I would just like for anyone that will say it's not Luca not being right. I would just like to point out that Luca shoots thirty one percent from the three point line. If any other person took nine threes a game and shot 31% from the free throw line. Not only would fans, but everyone on ESPN would be talking about how they need to stop shooting the ball and they're selfish and destroying their team. So don't tell me it's not because it's white. He is shooting nine threes a game and shoots 31% from three. And everyone just claims he's a good shooter. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? I mean, I'm I'm guilty of, of making fun of people shooting under thirty percent or low thirties. That's why I pick on the Rockets a lot. So I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, his his like I said, I'm big on efficiency when it comes to basketball. I say it all the time. I mean, I don't care what your what your total stats are. I mean, we we see guys all the time. I mean, not picking at Harden, but there's been games where Harden's had damn near thirty points, but he shot like 10%, but he's gotten to the line like 15, 16 times, you know? So if you're not that efficient, then honestly, I don't really like your game. I need efficiency. And and Luca, Luca's a very, he's a high volume guy. He's, he's got the ball in his hands a lot on that team. Uh, Porzingis is, a, is a, a better compliment than a lot of guys Luca's age have as a, as a co-pilot. So I mean, there's not, to me, there's not many excuses for him to, to not be that efficient in that offense. They, they move the ball around a lot. Uh, he's, he's got a, a guy who can stretch the floor as a compliment. Um, a lot of them actually on the court with him can stretch the floor and he runs a lot with Seth Curry uh, as well. So there's really no excuse for him not to be able to, to be a better shooter in my opinion um, in that just, offense. And just for context, Russell Westbrook, who everyone says the most selfish person ever and needs to stop shooting and should never ever shoot a three. <laughs> his career field goal, his career three point percentage is, you guessed it, thirty one percent. I know it's really bad. Don't, don't, don't tell me it's not because he's white. It is very <laughs> very simple. 
hey, everyone, when Westbrook and Harden have high usage and Luka's usage is higher than theirs, everyone says they're horrible teammates and they never pass the ball. Yet Luka's shooting more threes than they would take at a worse percentage than Harden shoots with less assists than Westbrook and Harden averaged when they had their own teams. But he's just this fun person to play with. These are the definitions of microaggressions and coded language. <laughs> can we can we switch gears real quick? My man TJ Warren has got to be bubble MVP right now. Yeah, man. Um, and the, they got so just to show you for anyone who ever has anything to say about Doc Parker, I just want to show you the Suns in a microcosm. They paid the Pacers a second round pick to take TJ Warren off their hands. They just didn't want him. <laughs> when I when I saw I'm not gonna lie when I saw that I was like wait they really just traded they, like they just gave this man away for cash like what man that whole front office needs to be fired yo and this this isn't one of those things where you couldn't see it coming I remember playing T J Warren props when he was in Phoenix and he was still getting 17 18 a game fuck yeah like. Like, I mean, this this that was his average, and you just gave him away? Like, he was a serviceable player, and it's not like he old. Like, he, he still got some, some uh, run in him, and obviously doing great for the Pacers, which I think they really needed that because Oladipo obviously isn't 100%, and they're still waiting on him to, to finally come back and get to it. I like the Pacers roster. I, I just don't know where they no, fit in this grand scheme no, of things when they're healthy. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I like their yeah, roster, man. You like, like it to do what? I mean, I just like them. Like, I just like the players. I, I didn't like them. I don't like them to do anything crazy. I'm just saying I just like them. They I have like no problem. Poor, they like a poor, poor man's Toronto who can't shoot and aren't tall and long and athletic. <laughs> they got, look, they got the holiday kids that I like. They got Miles Turner, who I don't necessarily, I like his game. I like TJ Warren. I like Brogdon. The only one I don't like is McDermott. I like Oladipo, too, when he's healthy and plays. They got TJ McConnell. You know I like him back from the 76 days. That was my boy. Only one trying to get buckets for a while there. (laughs) They're they're the dumbest team ever, in my opinion. Who, the Pacers? They're paying all these people that ain't good. Like, there's nothing worse in the NBA than paying a bunch of people that ain't good. There's nothing worse in the NBA than being in a rebuild but, but still winning games. (laughs) <laughs> well, because they signing dudes like Olin Depot to the max, and they gave Sabonis a bunch of money too, and they gave Brogdon a bunch of money. Like they don't have cap space. That's their squad. That's true. That's true. You just be killing me, man. Like I can't, I can't be happy for the little man. I'm not asking them to win uh 70 games. Hell, I'm not asking them to win 40 for real. I'm just asking them to come out and cover a couple bets for me. Get a couple props. I just like the team, man. I don't like I don't like them to win anything. I just like the team. <laughs> it's somehow better than the 76ers, though. So man, look, we we have long covered we have long covered the 76ers and their failures to the point where I didn't even put them on our pre-show write-up because I just feel like no matter what, whenever we talk basketball and it's in season, we always end up on the same goddamn topic when it comes to the 76ers and. The number one thing I always ask every time is, how is Brent Brown still coaching? I ask that every time. How is he still coaching? 
And then the number two thing I ask is, how does this team keep losing these games, man? How? How? And I mean, I, TJ Warren went off. Warren went off. We, oh, that's going to happen from time to time, okay? That's going to happen from time to time. But if I told you, if I told you Tobias Harris had 30 points and Joel Embiid had 41 points and 21 in rebounds and they were playing the Pacers, would you think this team lost? No. With no Olin Depot and no Brogdon. Olin Depot played 32 minutes. Oh, well, he ain't playing, in my opinion. Yeah, he had 15 points. He didn't even count. He had 15 points. They is, he didn't play if you ask me. Bro, they got beat by one man. No lie. This man had 53 points, four rebounds, three assists. He channeled his inner Kobe and just scored. That's all he cared to do was score. I heard the rebounds was just him getting his own shot, and the assist was him hitting it off the backboard to himself. 53 points. Why you try to make me slander Kobe? You try to set me. <laughs> I'm not trying to make you slander Kobe, man. This man shot 20 of 29, and you said he said he channeled his own Kobe. <laughs> Is this not the Kobe legend? That's not Kobe's legend. He didn't score uh, 81 points on 35 shots. Listen, I'm not here to slander Kobe. Kobe, a legend, a top 10 player of all time. But there is no way in hell that Kobe would ever go 20 of 29. He would go 30 of 54 before he went 20 of 29. If he is that hot, he is not shooting 29 shots. <laughs> that is not enough. I just, I don't understand how how this, they don't, they're not getting, they don't get criticized enough outside of Philly. I mean, Philly fans are never happy. So it doesn't matter. They could be, they could be a 51 team and Philly fans would still have a problem. But in the general media, the 76ers do not get enough criticism. Yeah, I do want to say, this is not Simmons and Embiid's fault. Everyone no. wants to blame Simmons and Embiid. So last year, right, the problem everyone says is that Simmons and Embiid want the same area and same real estate on the floor. They're both generational talents that both cannot play and coincide with each other. They had Jimmy Butler last year to close games, and they were one bounce away from probably going to the NBA Finals. Like, people forget they're the ones that gave Kawhi the worst, their hardest series. They were a bad bounce away from going to the NBA Finals. And you know what Philly decided to do? They decided to go and get another damn center with all their money. They went and signed Al Horford when there's two people, their two superstars had trouble with spacing. So they said, we're going to get a center. Like, what? <laughs> Elton Brand, man, like that's your people. That's definitely your people. Well, Elton Brand is not my people, bro. <laughs> El- Elton Brand is not my people. Elton Brand is not my people. I was supremely critical of the Al Horford signing, and I'm pretty sure I was like, why, why, why? And the number one people super hype about it was the damn Celtics fans. Because Horford did so much for their team, and he's such a good guy in the locker room, and he he plays his position, and, and they're going to just get better with the ball movement, this and that. Mm, wrong. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Horford is a shell of himself. He hardly plays. And when he's on the court, I would say if you play Horford 10 games in a row, he would be a liability nine out of those 10 games. So they about to blow this game, bro. They was up yeah. by ten. Blow this. Yeah, I was. I was looking at the uh, at the ticker. 
and it's the Spurs. Again, I don't understand, man. I don't understand how this team can't how they can't win. And and people will look at the stat line and they'll see Simmons is is a is uh what two rebounds, five assists, six points. They're gonna yeah, complain about that. Don't be yeah, sure. I would say he's only played twenty minutes. I see everybody else is up there like twenty seven. But I think ultimately when you look at the seventy sixers, the failures come with investing in people like Al Horford and then getting somebody like Tobias Harris to be more than what he is. Like, they got Tobias Harris. Like, he was going to put them over the top. Like, he was the signing that, that they've been looking for. And their two guard is Josh Richardson, who, I mean, I'm not saying he's absolutely trash. I mean, he can space the floor better than the rest of these guys can. But he's not somebody you really depend on night in and night out. He's a role player that probably should be coming off the bench, not starting. Yeah, I just don't know how you get no shooting on that team. Like, how do you just literally, they like, even the draft, they got, Tybo, who is a nice player who I like is a three, like a really good defensive guy, but he can't shoot either. Like, how do you just not address it and say, we just not going to shoot in today's NBA? Yeah, I mean, you have to shoot. You have to be able to shoot. And if, and if you can't shoot, you got to be able to score, and they don't do that either, which I know we've talked about that in the group a lot, but there there is a difference between shooting and scoring, and some people can shoot, but they can't score. So, that's kind of like when I look at the starting five for the for the 76ers, to me, the only score they have is Embiid and the rest of these guys are hit or miss. Yeah, that's that's factual. And and you can't you just can't build a team like that in the 21st century. You just can't. You can't. If you don't have somebody in the backcourt that can't score, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. So I just it's just it's frustrating. I'm sorry, Philly fans. I think Marcus summed it up best when he said this is how Michigan football fans feel. That is probably true. That is probably true. And, I mean, I guess I guess to go back to what I was saying in the beginning, I guess the media still considers the 76ers lucky to even be competitive. So the expectations are lower, so they don't get as much criticism. Oh, my God. It's 114, 112. They really are about to blow this game. Let me, let me get off this. Let me get off this. Let me get I'm off of this, man. Me, from that is just trash. All right, so look, we talked about the biggest winners, biggest losers. Uh, we did hype up TJ Warren is the bubble MVP right now. Who is oh, – I mean, I don't want to – well, it can't be honest, but who is your most disappointing player right now in the bubble? Mm, who's yours first? Let me come back to that. Who's I'm mine? Back. Yeah. Uh. I mean, it goes back and forth with me. Um, I mean, I've only seen LeBron. Like, I only really only watched one Laker game. And then the second game that they played, I just only, I ain't gonna lie, I only looked at the stat line because I was working. But I was a little disgusted at that. But I would say my, um, my, um, my player would be Kawhi Leonard right now. Yeah. I just, would. Just off of the expectations of where he's supposed to be. Yeah, I think that's fair. If you if you're gonna be the dude that's gonna take him there, and I don't, and they, Kawhi just there's something to be said about a dude that can't be a leader. You know, like the more I see the Raptors play now, the more I see Kawhi wasn't he just shows up. He's like Kawhi's like a like a a really like. 
dominant all-time great defensive end or really dominant corner. Like, just plug me in. I'm going to do my thing. But I'm not going to be the heart and soul of your team. Like, I'm here to get my sacks. I'm here to shut somebody down on the island. But you can't expect me to to really be here leading the team to do nothing. Yeah, I mean, at some point, I think people need to have that conversation. Like, what kind of leader is he? And and how many teams have superstars that are not leaders? And and they're successful. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like people kind of hyped him up to be something that he, he just personality-wise is not. And the Clippers, the Clippers need a, they need somebody vocal, man. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't need to be Patrick Beverly. It's got to be him or Paul George. And I, I don't feel like, I mean, we kind of heard grumblings about it in the beginning of the season and, and throughout the season about their uh, lack of buy-in when it came to what used to be the Clippers mentality of, of basically being a, a grinding dog team that played hard every every day, night in, night out. And I feel like a lot of a lot of the a lot of the um, reports that we heard throughout the season are kind of showing up now where you got Kawhi Lennon and Paul George. They're two great talents, but the team around them doesn't necessarily seem to be invested in them as teammates. And I mean, maybe it'll change when when Lou comes back and and, and uh, Montreal come back. Maybe the the energy will change a little bit because they are two uh, very key assets to to the roles that people play on that team. But I, I just don't really like what I see from them. Uh, the the couple games I watched in the bubble, and I, you know I was high on them maybe being the team that would win the uh, the finals. I can't really say that right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it does change when you get the two high-energy guys back. I think that does make it look differently, but, yeah, it's um, it's rough. Um, I hate to do it, man, but I'm going to tell you who's disappointed me the most. I don't want to do it. I don't want to <laughs> do it. John ja Morant, man. <laughs> ja is shooting a pool over three games. Two for 19 from three. And 36% from the field. And his team's 0-3. I've been reluctant to say it, but Ja got to insert himself more in the game, man. Like, he's got to stop this. this, Yeah. Man, I was cursing... I was cursing the Grizzlies out, not because I had money on them. I'm not even, I'm not even tripping off of that part, yo. I'm not, I'm not tripping off of that. I'm cursing the Grizzlies out because this ugly shooting Bama keeps throwing up shots, and I'm like, why do y'all keep passing to this man, like letting him shoot like this, man? Like, yo, do something. Like, Dylan Brooks should not be shooting the ball this much, yo. He should not be shooting the ball this much. What are y'all doing? And and then that's kind of where I'm at. Like, yo, Ja, I need more, man. I need more. I need more aggression. I need I need to see what you and I had talked about before he got drafted. I need to see the Westbrook in you a little, okay? And I, I know that I hate to say that. Trust me, I do hate to say that. But I need to see you put your head down, go to the basket, and finish. I know he can. I need to see I need to see you take a couple more shots. I need to see you be more aggressive with the with the intent to score. I think that's really what we're, we're getting at with the Grizzlies. I need to see the intent to score, man. Like, you got to take a game over. And I know he can because I've seen him do it in college, and, and he's still the same player. But I'm like, dude, 
you're doing too much passing, man. Like and and it, the team kind of struggles to to me. They do. I mean, they need him to score more. He shot 61 times in three games. What more you want? I need I needed to go in then. <laughs> I needed to go in. I'm sorry. I mean, when you two for 19 and and the NBA, bro, like like oh my God, the Sixers are bad. Like people just not gonna guard you, and it's real hard to score if they just treat you like Ben Simmons and you six four. It's real tough, man. I just need to what, see more, man. I need Westbrook underrated for for dropping thirty and shooting like that. He really is, but it's, it's tough, man. A lot of that too is because Westbrook. Will you to go back to what you were saying um, about if I saw him take over the game last night? Um, that fucking hezzy that he does with the with the mid-range jump shot. I mean, that's literally been his staple of his offense, and you can't guard it, because he's so quick that the one time you commit, he will blow right by you and dunk on you or dunk on your, your boy behind you or finish at the rim. So you kind of have to respect the the drive, and it, and it gives him just enough space to get that ugly jumper off that doesn't go in. So I, I can understand how he gets dirty. Uh, bigger too man so he can finish like he he has these like trick scoop off one leg kind of cutesy finishes or yeah. he just dunk over people but he's gotta he's gotta get bigger so he can finish through contact and he'll be straight yeah. um before we switch topics real quick pelicans are they are they going to be competitive now or are you believer that they're going to try to be competitive when zion plays starter minutes they obviously are a better team what do you? What was your take on the idea that he was? They called it burst. He was getting burst minutes, so he would play like five minutes and then, or play in intervals where he played until he got subbed and then he didn't go back in for that for that quarter. Um, what did you What did you think of all that? I mean, I liked it. I think it made plenty of sense. Um, I would have liked them to just play the last minute of a close game against a team that they need a win against. Um, but I liked it, man. Like the dude hasn't been practicing. He hasn't played competitive five on five basketball in three months. He's notoriously heavy. He's already had knee and ankle and leg injuries. He was out of shape. He's always been out of shape. Like the whole season, you see him huffing and puffing. Even today in the game today, he was walking down the court when he played more than five minutes. Like they know his body. They know his conditioning. You can't just. You can't just let the dude play. Like, I'm with them. Like, everyone else got their chance to get in conditioning with scrimmages and all this other stuff. And you do not put your first-round pick, who is injury-prone, who is too heavy, who has already had knee injuries and foot injuries, and just let him go loose. I had zero problem with it. I don't understand what an extra minute would do at the end of the game, the last minute and a half. I'm not sure why he wasn't in there. But outside of that, I have zero problems with them working him back up to his workload. I wasn't under the impression that he was out of shape after they f- clearly photoshopped that picture. Um, <laughs> clearly photoshopped that picture. I'm, I'm, no, I am probably single-digit body fat right now. And tell me to run up and down the floor for an NBA game for six minutes, and I will pass out. Looks to not equal conditioning. True, true. Especially I mean, during the pandemic. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I give it to you. I learned the hard way, unfortunately, because I was like, bro, my man is shape. What y'all talking about? And I root for Zion. I really do, because he came in with so many stigmas, and people still don't respect the skill set that he has. I mean, he's not just a big dude that dunks. Like, his footwork and, and, and athleticism needs to be respected, man. Like, he's out, of, he's out of shape, and he's still jumping over guys that's, like, four or five inches taller than him. Oh, hey, while I'm on it, I'm, I'm thinking about him jumping over people, et cetera, et cetera. Yo, why is Anthony Tolliver get burned in the NBA? Who he play for? The Spurs? No, he plays for the he plays for the Grizzlies. I saw him. I saw because you know he looked like a ghoul, so I saw him. Yeah, yeah, no, he um, stuck out. He stuck out. Yo, I saw him like celebrating on the sideline, and I was like, yo, why is he coaching? And then he was in the game for like three, four minutes, and I was like. They really playing Anthony Tolliver? Dog. Yeah, I don't know about that. They got a that, that squad not like that either. I blame Iggy, man. Anthony Tolliver shouldn't be on the floor, yo. That's Iggy's spot. I blame Iggy. <sighs> There's no hope for people that play people like Anthony Tolliver, man. I don't know what, the, what else to say, but hey, anybody that picked up on that, like honestly, bro, if you are listening, please at me and tell me what Anthony Tolliver does to be in the NBA. How is he still in the NBA? I need to know. Um, so we we had an announcement um, for Coach of the Year. It was actually co-coaches of the year. <laughs> My man from the Bucks and Billy Donovan are Coach of the Year. As you can tell, I'm not excited about it. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Corey, what's your what's your thoughts on that announcement? I don't usually care about this stuff, but you this is got me kind of tight. You see that little like try to side. They're like, oh, Nick Nurse was one vote away from being a three way tie. If y'all shut that up, yeah. um, I'm a hundred percent cool with um with with Bud getting it. I mean, they were on pace to win seventy games, like. You look at that roster, it don't look like a 71 roster to me. Um, so I'm totally cool with Bud getting it. I don't get this infatuation with just rewarding the Thunder so much. Like, they rewarded CP3 with a all-star game. Like, they're giving Billy Donovan coach of the year. I don't get it. Like, they're not that bad. Like, they're just not. I mean, that's what I was saying, too, when uh, we were talking about it with Maurice, or I was talking about it with Maurice. In my mind, I get I get that people expected them to be so 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 bad, but I'm just like, bro, like, you look at the, this this team, was, like, they started out balling. Like, I don't really think that's necessarily them being coached. It wasn't like they, they came out slow or something like that. They just, they've had great chemistry. I mean, a lot of that I attribute to, to Chris Paul knowing the game and, and allowing these young dudes to really play, you know? Um, and I guess you can give Billy some credit, but Billy couldn't get coach of the year with, with fucking Durant and Westbrook, but you're going to give him coach of the year with this team? Like, come on, man. Yeah, that's, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't, that's like, bull to me. even rewarding, like, a six seed, like, the roster's not bad. Like, you, like, they're talented enough to make the playoffs. Like, you're telling me you get a healthy Shea Grizz, Alexander, Chris Paul, Gallinari, and Steven Adams, like, that's, that's enough <laughs> if you don't have injuries and the yeah. pelican do like that's fine that's not 
it's not some team that I think is going to be at the bottom of the standings. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately, I feel like if like you compare gonna... that compare that roster to the Raptors, like Shea Gilchrist is better than Van Fleet, and CP3 is considerably better than Lowry. Lowry, yeah. The Occam's better than Gallinari. Steven Adams, Marcus Saul's a wash, like. Wash. Yeah. And the Raptors are a lot better. But OKC's rosters, like at least the first five, are the same, if not better. Like, so what are we talking about? And the Raptors have some pretty key signature wins. Like they they gave the they beat the Lakers early in the year. Yeah, no. It was, it was, yeah, it wasn't like they just beat them in the bubble. They already beat them before. And, and I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they've beaten the they probably did the the home away split with the with the Bucks. It's not a complete wash. But I just I don't understand how anybody can look at this this Raptors team and the job the nurse has done this year and how competitive they've been and literally they they haven't missed a beat in the sense of of how the team looks and he doesn't get coach of the year. I mean if you're gonna yeah. do if you're gonna do a co coach of the year, he's gotta be in the list, man. And my thing is like that's the definition of some something people didn't expect. Like who expected them to be the number two seed? Yeah. That everybody expected it to be um to be the the Celtics. That's honestly what everybody expected it to be yeah. the Celtics. That's what everybody thought. The Celtics 76ers. Yeah, so I don't know, man. It, it had me a little tight, but that, I mean that's the NBA, man. It is what it is. Um, hopefully somebody um somebody owes this man an apology. And God forbid if, if they beat the Bucks and make it out the East, we're gonna fire this conversation right back up, <laughs> right back yeah. up. But before before we we uh, before we wrap up the podcast, let, let's spend some time on the Bucks, man, because the expectations of the Bucks is that they're going to be the team out the out the East. They were on pace to win seventy games. The bubble restart has happened. They've looked somewhat vulnerable. I'm not trying to over exaggerate the uh oh my god the the 76ers are losing by four. <laughs> oh, they told you, bro. Dog, what? Man, I, I'm never putting this ticker up again when I'm doing this podcast. I never. You already knew they were losing that game, man. That's crazy, man. That from the jump. I can't, the jump. I can't name. I can't name two. No, I can't name three people off the Spurs. And one of them's DeRozan, so. Um, no. but I was, I, no way you can make three. I was going to say, um, nah, I can't DeRozan, Patty Mills and Tim Duncan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I exactly. Surprised. I said name three people. I say three players, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's absolutely, I mean, I wouldn't say LaMarcus Aldridge, but I, I think he opted out, right? Yeah. He ain't, he ain't come to that bubble, bro. He ain't yeah. stupid. Yeah. So, looking at the Bucks, like I said, I'm not trying to over-exaggerate their, their issues. The, the issue with the Bucks, to me, all season when I watch them has always been they don't really move the ball that much. And their scoring goes pretty stale consistently throughout the game when Giannis can't get to the basket. And the shooters around Giannis are not consistent enough. But in that game against the Rockets, they, they had something going with Giannis – Get to the basket. If he couldn't get to the basket, Brooke Lopez was getting buckets too. 
um, depending on the matchup. But for some reason, they couldn't capitalize on that. So when we get to the end of the game, it's clear as day that they they don't really have a plan when the game is tight. They they might draw up a play, but nobody's confident enough to really take the shot. And Giannis might be game in his mind, but the, I don't think he's got the confidence to to pull up on a jumper. Like he still goes to the the go to of I need to get to the basket, draw the foul, or finish through the contact. There's no like, there's no real in, inclination to to be a playmaker, call the ISO, and do anything other than duck his shoulders and bully his way to the basket. So how do they overcome that obstacle? How do they how do they take that? Because honestly, to win to win a championship, they've got to take that next step. That they've got to be able to have the ability to finish out games strongly. How do they take that next step? I mean, I don't think they win in the championship. It's pretty simple to me. Um, <laughs> but who in the East going to beat them would be my question. I would still have them as very strong favorites. I mean, very strong favorites. Like, yeah, I, don't I mean, East I don't, is close. I don't think there's anybody that really matches up well with them in the East. And then the only one who I would really give a chance off the top of my head is the Raptors, but for some reason they don't match up well with them either. Because they don't have nobody to stop Giannis. Well, yeah. Like you put the wall Giannis off, like Kawhi, like with it last year, right? Like none of them other dudes can even come close. They were getting dogged by them until Kawhi could win them. So like, it's tough. It really is. It, it's tough. I, they're just too long, too good defensively for the Raptors as well. Like they're really good defensive team, so they're that playing that six ten and under ball against Giannis without like athletic rim protectors just ain't gonna ever work. I mean, I, I get I get all that, but I mean the, the Rockets had a good game plan when they decided to execute it. I, I mean, I think I think Van Gundy and uh, Mark Jackson were were on point when they were talking about building the wall, basically. To, to, but you gotta you gotta start it early, so yeah. Giannis doesn't get get his eyes up to see that he can get to the basket. I mean, the things that they were saying about it, I could see where where they were like they were showing how it works when when the Rockets did set up early and they were able to throw bodies at him. It did it did um, make him hesitant to go to the basket, which in the Bucks offense right now kind of helps you because they don't move the ball around a lot. And then you end up forcing bad shots by people if they can't get to the basket. I mean, that sounds good in theory. Yeah. I mean, it's easier said than done. No, I don't even think it's easier said than done. But, like, Giannis had 36 and 15. Like, I'm talking about, like, no other team but the Rockets are going to be in that game. Like, you got to be the Rockets to get back in that game. You got to be able to play Helter Skelter, hit threes, shoot 60 threes to withstand 40 and 15 from Giannis. They shot 55 threes. Like, you let Giannis get 40 and 15, you're not going to be in the game unless you're the Rockets. So, like, it worked at the end of games. You can, like, piece that together. But if you got a team that's 6, 10, and under without a rim protector, He's going to go off, and if he goes off, you're probably not going to win. 
I guess. I guess. I mean, honestly, in the East, they don't match up with anybody. But ultimately, you like if you're the Bucks, you gotta be thinking championship aspirations, man. You can't be thinking, well, at least we won the East. You gotta be thinking championship aspirations. So how do the Bucks beat a Lakers, a Clippers, or a long shot Rockets? <laughs> Uh, I mean, honestly, I think it's I, I don't want to say this because like this is a death sentence as it is. But I mean, they need they need uh, Eric Bledsoe type to like be good. Like they need someone else that can break the team down off the dribble. Like you have Giannis that can kind of can. But Giannis isn't like a I get separation off the dribble. Giannis is a, I go through you off the dribble. So they need somebody that can actually get separation off the dribble, which is Gordon. He, I mean, Bledsoe, he can get penetration and actually make plays for others besides Giannis. Because Chris Middleton can score, but it's all one-on-one. It's all ISO. It's all stagnant. So they need someone that can actually create for others besides Giannis. And so if Eric Bledsoe can do that, they'll be all right. But I don't see that happening based on everything I've ever seen from Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean – I don't see it happening either. I I, I I'm asking the question because I honestly don't know the answer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to how the Bucks can get by. I mean, you could maybe hope for the the miracle that Giannis somehow has developed a, a a more consistent jump shot by the time they run into the Lakers, Clippers, or whomever comes out the West. But that's not going to happen this year. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they they do play. Uh, they, their length, their length gives people fits. I would say they probably match up a little bit better against the Lakers than they would against the um, against the Clippers. But I could be wrong. What do you think about that? Um, I don't think they match up well with the Lakers. I would say the Clippers more because, like, AD kind of is the person that you, if you're Giannis, you don't really want to see. Like, you don't really want to see AD and Dwight and JaVale and LeBron. Like, that's just a lot of length. It mirrors kind of what the Raptors were able to do, though, last year. I think you'd much rather see the Clippers with no rim protector and see that 6-8 and under ball, even if it is Kawhi. You got Montrez held out there and, like, just people you can kind of finish over top of. So I think they match up better with the Clippers, if I had to guess. Yeah. I, I think they either, so it don't really matter. <laughs> you said what? I think they lose to both of them, so it don't really matter. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not giving them much of a chance either. I just honestly wanted to pose the question because it's something that's been perplexing me. Maybe I'll come up with the answer, or you come up with the answer as the season goes on. But I honestly, it's, they need to a me, trade. I, it's too late to trade? Huh? They need a trade. Is it too late to make trades? Uh, I don't know. I actually didn't check that rule, but I'm I'm pretty sure it is. It's definitely too late to make trades. <laughs> hey, but you never know. They might they might they might finesse it just to just to make the season more interesting, yeah. But the thing, this be my thing, man. Some of these teams just need to be taking flyers. Like, why why aren't they like getting like why didn't they pick up Deion Waiters? I don't know. Like, I mean, these teams need somebody that can create off the dribble. Like, why you got the same version of a player? Like, you don't need Dylan, Chinzo, and Pat Connington. Connington. Except, 
it took them. They didn't pick up Crawford. They didn't pick up Waiters. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not. I mean, people could just use some of these guys. Not even if they got to play, but you in the bubble, you could just use it. Like, you just could. Yeah. Oh. So I, I don't get it either. I, I mean, I guess they they really felt like they were they were good with what they had. They were gonna run with it again. But um, who knows, man? Uh, the the bubble's almost done. It'll be done sooner than later. I think we've got got like what another two weeks? Nope. Yeah, about roughly another two weeks. I just want to say that this um, this game during the day joint NBA oh, yeah. game. Yeah, I was gonna close with that. This thing would be the playoff format from now on. This yeah. is one, two, something. This joint got a good feel to it. Maybe yeah, it's was- just because I'm quarantined too. And I'm working from home, but I, I'm I'm all about this. Yeah, I'm not working from home all the time, but I, <laughs> actually, I was pretty pissed today because uh, the game was on NBA TV, and I I can get everything but NBA TV uh, at my job because I need to be hooked up to my Wi-Fi to get it. So I was I was like, man, what the fuck? But luckily, I still can stream from Reddit and things like that, so it worked out just fine. But it, I was still a little pissed because the last time they had a game during the day I said something you was like well just stream it and I was like I can do that and then I tried it and I was like damn I can't do that <laughs> but uh yeah I, I like the idea of them playing during the day man I hope they do change it I like the fact that I can actually get the bid before 12 with the west coast games because they're now on the east coast but I mean there there has been some whispers of a bubble um extending into next season but we will see how that goes and and um how that works but um do you think that this this particular format is going to um maybe encourage them to to really look into doing a more european european type format where um yep it's, it's kind of like the soccer league um i think the, so i think they will try something like that a mid-season tournament but at the end of the day, like, I just don't think you can create, recreate culture where anybody will care besides the NBA title. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, I guess once they stop protesting, people will care more. Let let the, the Internet tell it. Let the Internet tell it. But, um, yeah, I, again, it has to be said before we close out, shout out to the NBA because the bubble is pretty effective for the product. Uh, they don't have any positive tests that we know of right now. Everybody's playing. Um, knock on wood, nobody's been seriously injured yet, except for Mr. Isaac, unfortunately, which, all jokes aside, I don't wish that on anybody, so I, I wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, but other than that, the, the product that they have put out hasn't been bad uh, compared to what we see with baseball in regards to the corona outbreaks on the teams and then uh, even football has has positive tests right now, and they haven't even started their season. So uh, NBA figured it out, got it right. Some people say it's because they don't have as many people, uh, but I just think it's really because they're a proactive organization uh, and, and team and that the owners bought into this idea and they wanted to make it work for their pockets and for the fans. So uh, pockets first, obviously, but still, we get the benefit. So I'm appreciative of the NBA Corey, I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, man. As always, um, you can have the last shot going out. We're going to see you tomorrow, brother. <laughs> we, 
tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to call you and leave a, a, a voicemail. I'm going to just be like, kill you, nigga. Kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I, we might have to make a little a little profile pick wager or something. Oh, a little something. man. God. I'm giving the Rockets enough credit in this podcast. I shouldn't be shamed, all right? I shouldn't be shamed. Uh, do you got him as your favorites to win the title? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> what title? <laughs> you have, you seen, have you seen James Harden in the playoffs? You ain't get it. That is not quarantine hard. You see the difference. You see him out defense with that newfound energy. I, I, I do see it, but we're going to see. We're going to see. But all right. I'll catch you uh, next week. Everybody that's listening, you know, tune in. We're going to have a thread. It will probably be pretty live and slanderous. Um, and the Trailblazers are going to win. So.